Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. A very good day to you. This is Brad Zocco, and you're listening to the Questions About Heaven podcast. And I believe we have been uh, going and ministering on this podcast for over a year now. If I'm not mistaken, we might be on a year and a half. I'll have to check with our editing staff here. But I believe that it's been about 18 months, and we've been sharing the truths of heaven, a number of wonderful, wonderful truths that we see in the Scripture And we are going back today to talk in the Revelation edition of our Questions About Heaven podcast. Moving on through the book of Revelation, we are in Revelation chapter 14, and I am wrapping up this particular passage here in the chapter by reading the final verses in there. But I'm going to back up and then read. I'll use the ESV version for reading this particular passage We're talking about the end times. We're talking about God's judgment. God's judgment on earth started in Revelation chapter 6. And during the seven years of tribulation in which the full violence breaks out halfway through, it's sometimes referred to as time, times, and half a time, which would equal three and a half. Or sometimes it would say there would be uh, the uh, seven years you would have the number of months or days being 1,260 days or the 42 months being mentioned. And you would see this always talking about the midpoint is going to be the time of great destruction. During this time, not only is Satan loosed, but we're also seeing that God's wrath is overall. The sovereign God is showing his justice. This has been the prayer of the saints, if you can recall Way back in Revelation chapter 8, there was a particular angel that was answering these questions. Well, we can even go back to Revelation chapter 6, the martyrs that would stand before the Lord in chapter 6, verses 9 through 11, and asking the Lord, How long, O Lord, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on earth? And then, of course, he says there will be a little more time. We see that, but we think back even further that we remember that there were prayers that were represented on the golden altar before the throne, the censer with fire from the altar. And every time we said symbolically, when you see fire in the Bible, the symbolism is that it means holy judgment. Those two words, holy judgments, anywhere that you go, holy judgment. And so, Um, I have absolutely no idea. I'm recording in the barn, and I heard this explosion, and I have no idea where it's from. I imagine I'll check later on, but I'm going to keep it on this podcast in case something cataclysmic happened. We have a record of it. Okay, my friends, I found out what it was. Uh, I took a pause. I turned off the recording, and I found out it seems that we have some neighbors that have a very large caliber gun. Um, it's, uh, and one of the neighbors said, oh, they go out and they do target practicing one time. This must have been something just short of a cannon because it shook the whole barn and it's very safe. They're down the hauler here and they shot it into the side of a hill. But our one neighbor over here said, oh, they do that once in a while over at that farm. But I can't even express how loud it was on this scent. Anyway, 
we have some of the most unusual stuff happening out here, but I think I'm going to keep that noise there on the podcast so that you might know we have adventures here all the time in this ministry on our property and off the property, and that's one of them. Some uh, good old friends across there testing out some of their firearms into the side of a hill. That was a loud explosion. Well, let me see if I can collect my thoughts here and go back. We are talking about Revelation chapter 14. And I want to throw something to you here and uh, see if this you can recall this. Do you remember this song from years back? You might remember this in singing this in elementary school or during a, uh, the uh, holidays in America here when we uh, are reviewing different historical songs through the years. The Battle Hymn of the Republic. Uh, the words go like this. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He hath loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. Now, when you see this passage that we're talking about, this is the description that was brought over into the Battle Hymn of the Republic. That the Lord, his coming is glorious, but it's also incredibly just and complete. There will be as little resistance against him as it would be if somebody were in the vineyard in a grape-stomping uh, vat and crushing all of these grapes. This is how complete God's judgment's going to be. So, as I read this, uh, we want to see this. Let me read all the way through and give you the uh, passage. Let's talk about it. I'll start with verse 17. Then another angel came out of the temple in heaven, and he too had a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, the angel who has authority over the fire. And he called with a loud voice to the one who had the sharp sickle, Put in your sickle and gather the clusters from the vine of the earth, for its grapes are ripe. That's a key word here, ripe. So the angel swung his sickle across the earth and gathered the grape harvest of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. So obviously this grape harvest is a terrible harvest, a harvest of a great pain and God's wrath. Remember that. Two key words, ripe and wrath. And the winepress was trodden outside the city, and blood flowed from the winepress as high as a horse's bridle for 1,600 stadia. If you're going to compare that to uh, American, if you're going to talk about English miles uh, in our measure, standard of measurement, that's going to be about 184 miles. If you are looking at the distance when I was over in the Holy Land, and try to take a distance at when I was on the hill of Megiddo, looking off to my right and off to my left, and yet trying to grasp this battle and the resulting uh, bloodshed will stretch for 184 miles. It's absolutely stunning. Let's talk about this. Let's go through this now when we see this. The angel here, as we see, if we go back into the reference of Revel our, uh, yes, Revelation chapter 8, we're going to see that, as I had said earlier, the reference about praying to the Lord for justice. Way back there, we saw that there were prayers that were offered. It was clearly said as prayers. 
the angel filled a censer with fire from that altar, threw it to the earth, and then the trumpet judgments came. You can read about that. Start in Revelation chapter 8. And when you see this, you saw from the golden altar, which is before God, you will then see the four angels bound at the Euphrates River, and what happens is they will release the plague of the horsemen coming out, which are horsemen of judgment. If you remember that, and if you want to go back into some of our um, uh, earlier studies in uh, the podcast here, you will see that. We're looking at that. Now, when we see this, the angel came out, and the symbolism here is there is the great winepress of the wrath of God. There's no rebellion by the grapes against a, a vineyard owner. Uh, the grapes don't cause any rebellion. I mean, if you have a, if you, you have cattle, or even sheep for that matter, and you're shearing them, or if you're taking cattle to the slaughter or anything, you're going to have a pushback. You're going to have them trying to run away or fight or something like that. Nothing here. The intimation is the resistance is so small. This is Matthew chapter 13. When you see this, Matthew chapter 13 lays this open. Do you remember this? Another parable the Lord gives in Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 24. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a man which sowed good seed in his field. While the man slept, his enemy came out and sowed weeds among the wheat and went his way. They're also called tares, weeds or tares. When the blade was sprung up, he brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. The servants of the householder came and said, Sir, didn't you that sow good seed in your field? Well, where did the uh, weeds, where did the tares come from? And the owner says, an enemy has done this. The servant said, well, then should we go gather them up? No. He says, if you do that, then you're also going to have a problem with trying to collect the, uh, uh, the problem with being able to tell where the problem is, so where, where we're going to have a, a separation of the good and the bad, the weed and the wheats here. So he said, what we're going to do now, he said in verse 29, while you gather the tares, you're going to root up the wheat with them. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to wait until the full harvest comes in. Let them both grow together until it's exactly time. And then when it is time, then you can tell the difference here. Gather first the weeds, bind them into bundles to burn them, and listen to what it says in verse 30. Gather the wheat into my barn. You're going to burn those bundles, all right? And then, and you look down in verse 36, then the disciples are saying, listen, we'd like some clarity on this. And then he goes and he tells them very clearly, the field is the world, the good seed are the children of the kingdom, the weeds are the children of the wicked one. Enemy sows them as the devil. The harvest is at the end of the world. The reapers are the angels. Therefore, the weeds, what we can see in some translations called the tares, are gathered and burned in the fire. So it'll be at the end of this world. At the end of this world. The Son of Man, and remember this, when we talked about this, the Son of Man is referring to Jesus. Remember, we went way back to Daniel chapter 7. It was clear that this term, Son of Man, was talking about Jesus himself in that glorious, glorious prophecy of the Son of Man coming, being given authority, having a throne and such. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, they shall gather out his kingdom, all things that offend them which do sin, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire, there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. 
very sober, but a very, very clear picture that God indeed is just when people will say, why does not God judge? Why doesn't he take care? Like Habakkuk, we talked about this numerous times. Habakkuk, the entire book, Lord, why do good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people? Isn't there a sense of justice here? And the Lord says, I am holy, I am righteous, what I do is good, and my time is my time. Habakkuk finishes up by saying, I do understand this. Revelation chapter 6, they're asking the same thing. Lord, if you are all-powerful, why don't you do justice right now? The Lord says, my time is my time. It's a little while longer. Revelation chapter 10, it tells you that the time is, the delay is not going to be any more. And then we see, even with the judgments that are coming, stronger and stronger, there still is a chance of mercy. Now we see the full impact of God's justice here. Revelation 13 gave you the idea the uh, Antichrist was going to win. I mean, he's introduced, he's running around the world, maybe he's going to take over the world, but Revelation 14 changes all that, doesn't it? As we've been studying through here. Listen to what it says here. In all of this, the grapes are fully ripe, it kept saying, ripe. And just when we have in our refrigerator down in the farmhouse, we have a whole bag of grapes, and they're just bursting from the inside with ripeness and juice and such. And when they are there and they are to be made into something other than the grapes we eat on the table, then there is a process of crushing them. Okay, And so, and I always say this, what, what power does a grape have to overcome a man? Absolutely nothing. That's what you're seeing. God is all-powerful. God is just. And this is the prayer that is being answered right here. Blood came out of the winepress up to the horse's bridles for 1,600 furlongs. This one translation calls them furlongs. Once again, we're talking about 184 miles long. All right? Now, in here. The battle does not talk about, oh, and then Satan's getting a little bit of advantage. And then, oh, okay, Jesus seems to be winning. Or more specifically, Jesus, the angels seem to be winning. And it goes back and forth, and here you go, and it's round two, round three. No, this is complete, just as we saw in Revelation. Uh, we will see in Revelation chapter 19 how complete that battle is. And I don't want to give that away a little bit. We'll talk about that. This is, what we see is this. There have been pictures and drawings of rivers of blood just absolutely you know engulfing well i don't see that here what i believe is in the carnage that follows as descriptive as this would be if a horse after the battle is clopping through the battlefield blood will spatter up as high as a horse's bridle that's what seems to be the uh what we're seeing here in this passage that is even then this means how complete the battle is this is the battle of Armageddon when we see this. Remember, Har in Hebrew means hill and Megiddo, the hill of Megiddo, which is the watch point over the valley of Jezreel on the plain of Ezrelin there. Revelation 16, 16 tells you this was the gathering place, which is known as a Hebrew word, Armageddon. And then, of course, Revelation chapter 19, it tells you the battle. And we'll talk about that later on. But remember this. The emphasis in Revelation 19 is, no, look at the vast number of the enemy. No, 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 no. Revelation 19, start in verse 11, and what you're going to see is 
What is the key? Who is the key? What's Jesus? I saw heaven open. Behold a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. All of the focus is on Jesus. His eyes were a flame of fire. Remember, every time we see uh, fly, fire in the Bible, it means holy judgment. And indeed, he's coming down to this battle, Armageddon, with judgment. And on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. There's one of the mysteries, such as Paul intimates in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. We'll talk about that, but you'll see the emphasis is not upon the weaponry of the enemy, it's upon the victor, Jesus Christ. Here we see it. Now, when we see this down here, we're seeing this incredible length. This is to remind us that God is complete in his judgment. God is complete in his mercy. God is also complete in his judgment. And the judgment goes against the rebellious. No one who goes against God will win. Absolutely no one will escape. And those that say that they are fighting the Lord, there is absolutely nothing in the Bible that would justify somebody's assumption that God is in favor of universalism. Well, eventually I'll let everybody, and this is a vivid picture here, when someone would try to tell me that God will eventually bring everybody in, and we've seen some heretics talking about that through the years, of saying, well, you know, my church won't grow if I talk about judgment and about hell, and so God will eventually let everybody in. When you die, they'll convince you, and it says nothing of the kind. Hebrews 9.27, man is appointed once to die, and after this, the judgment. There is no reincarnation, there is no purgatory. This is the supreme judgment of God. He's a holy God. And as we love him as Yahweh Shalom, the God of peace, to those who go over and to join his family, and the God of protection, Yahweh Shema, the ever-present God, uh, this God who sends us uh, the Hebrew word of kesed, loving kindness, and sends his mercies new every day, as it says in Lamentations chapter 3, nonetheless is a God of judgment, a holy God. And may we learn from that here in this two-verse description of the incredible and complete judgment of God. Victory is his, justice is done, answering the age-old question, when will right finally be done? Thank you so much, my friends. We have now completed Revelation 14. We'll move on to our next chapter here in our next podcast. God bless you. Take care. And Lord willing, we'll talk soon. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's X-U-L-O-N.org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.